0: If you're a Christian, you've been commissioned by God. We're called to take the gospel to a world that's both ignorant of the truth and often hostile to it. Now, that can seem like a daunting task, but just like the Apostles, We should approach it prayerfully and with the assurance that the indwelling Holy Spirit will provide all the power we need. Welcome to the Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davey called this lesson, Empowered for a Spiritual Awakening.
1: The difference between the church in the book of Acts and the church today around the world is that today's average church uh, seems to make a lot of noise, while the church in Acts created a movement. You know, it's one thing to have a lot of motion. It's another thing to have forward movement. It's possible to have a lot of programs, but very little power. And it is a shock, frankly, for many Christians to discover that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, promised here in Acts chapter 1 and verse 5, was never intended to be the end in itself rather it was it was intended to bring about a spiritual awakening so for today uh, let's go back here and rejoin these early disciples as the resurrected lord gives them some final words here in acts chapter 1 and verse 8 but you will receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and to the end of the earth Now, according to these last words of Jesus, the measure of a church is not the size of her membership, but obedience to her mission. And the mark of maturity then for every believer isn't really how much of the Bible you've learned, but how much of the Bible you're living. Well, let's back up here and set the stage for this particular promise here from the Lord of Empowerment. Luke writes back here in verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Now, the disciples are asking here a legitimate question. In fact, we're told in verse 4, Jesus' disciples were gathered uh, together in a room But now here in verse 6, they're gathered together, and they're actually on the Mount of Olives. And we know that because the Lord doesn't ascend through a ceiling, he ascends from the Mount of Olives, which is going to happen here in verse 12. Verse 9 clearly tells us, when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. So now at this point, they're standing outside, they're on the Mount of Olives. And they happen to be very familiar with the prophecy of Zechariah about the Lord's coming kingdom. Zechariah writes, on that day, his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two. Zechariah 14, verse 4. Well, here's the resurrected Messiah. His feet are on the Mount of Olives. And so they legitimately ask, Lord, is, is it now? Well, they're right about the truth of the coming kingdom. They're just wrong about the timing of the coming kingdom. See, there was something God hadn't revealed to his Old Testament prophets like Zechariah. He has not revealed to them that between his first coming and his second coming, there would be the creation of something brand new. And that, of course, is the New Testament church. And the age or dispensation, the era of grace. And during this dispensation of grace, the church age, well, a bride is going to be gathered for the Messiah from every tongue, tribe, and nation on earth. And, and this dispensation has now lasted some 2,000 years and, and counting. Now, you don't read one word of a rebuke from Jesus related to the future establishment of God's kingdom, but he does rebuke the disciples here for trying to establish a date. And I got to tell you, that that rebuke needs to be heard again today. Just go back in American history. You have the Millerites in the 1800s. They were the forerunners of Seventh-day Adventism. Well, they set date after date after date until they, they finally gave up. I remember hearing one evangelist announce to his television audience that the return of Christ for the church was going to occur sometime in the next 12 years. Well, at least he was clever enough to give himself some running room. People keep on attempting to predict. They give more dates. They continue to to torture some text of Scripture, to get some kind of clue that, that gives them the date. I'm reading right now that that uh, the return of the Lord is going to be, in fact, this month in just a few days. And all the while, these date setters ignore the Lord's own words here in Acts chapter 1, verse 7. He says here, nobody knows. It's not for you to know. Now, here's something encouraging according to verse 7. God the Father is in complete control over all of human history. He's navigating it. He's steering everything toward the final destination of the coronation of his Son, our King, and our Messiah. Here's, Here's some more good news. If God's in control of human history, he can control your history and he can control your future. Now, Jesus continues here by telling them something they can know. Verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. They're going to receive power. The Greek word is dunamis. That gives us our word dynamite or dynamic. He's saying there's going to be a dynamic power operating in your life. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand, uh, beloved. The Lord isn't talking about some impersonal force. He's actually talking about an indwelling person. Jesus says the Holy Spirit will come upon uh, his disciples. And by the way, there's no period there. The sentence continues on. What's going to happen when he comes upon them? Jesus says, you shall be, you will be my witnesses, Jesus says. The Spirit of God will empower them, and you and me, to become witnesses on behalf of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean the Spirit of God is less important than the Son of God. They are equally God. It has nothing to do with their essence. They are equally, in essence, divine. It has everything to do with their function. The Holy Spirit will become what we could call the advertising agency for the new awakening that comes through the gospel and person of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, movements today that are focused on experiencing something from the Holy Spirit pleading for more power in the Holy Spirit. They're actually missing the point. Here's the point. Better yet, here's the priority. Verse 8 again. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is why the Spirit's coming upon us, to be his witnesses. By the way, Jesus never called us to be his defense attorneys or, or a jury or a judge. In the courtroom drama of human history, think about it, we've been called to simply take the stand as witnesses. And what do witnesses do? Well, they simply deliver personal testimony of what they've seen, what Christ has done for them in their own lives. Now, after Jesus' ascension and the disciples' return into the city of Jerusalem, verse 14 tells us here, All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to pray. Well, I don't think there could be any better preparation for being witnesses than praying. Now, in verse 15, we're told that this group of disciples has swelled to some 120 individuals. Then here in verses 16 to 20, Peter gives some further details to us about the the suicide and the disembowelment of Judas. Judas frankly, these are some rather sad, uh, somber words to me. But then Peter quotes here from Psalm 109 and verse 8, which he applies to the need they have in selecting another disciple to round out the 12 apostles. Well, we're told here that they put forward two candidates, Justice and Matthias. The Bible says here in verse 26, they cast lots And the lot fell on Matthias. Remember, we're still technically in the Old Testament. The church of the New Testament has not yet been created. And in the Old Testament, casting lots was an approved method of discerning God's will. And remember as well, they don't have the completed scriptures. They don't even at this point have the indwelling Holy Spirit to guide them. In fact, it's rather interesting that this event takes place prior to the Spirit's indwelling. And get this, this will be the last recorded time that the believers ever cast lots to determine God's will. Well, with that, Matthias is chosen. Now, I don't want you to overlook the two qualifications for someone to be an apostle. They're given to us here in verse 21. He had to have been personally trained by the Lord, and he had to have physically witnessed the resurrected Lord. And by the way, the, these two qualifications cannot be met today. So anybody calling himself an apostle is, is stretching that title just a little too far. Now, some have argued that Matthias's selection was a mistake. Uh, they argue that lots should never have been used. Uh, for choosing an apostle, or some have argued that the apostle Paul was God's chosen replacement for Judas. Uh, Frankly, the Bible never answers that question for us, but we do know that the Bible doesn't rebuke the apostles' actions. The Lord, as he inspires this text, uh, doesn't, doesn't give us any word of caution in fact, they had prayed together for some time before making this decision. God never communicates through a Luke here in the book of Acts any kind of objection. We're simply told in verse 26, the lot fell on Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Well, with that, beloved, we're out of time for today. Until next time, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
0: This is The Wisdom Journey, and Stephen called this lesson Empowered for a Spiritual Awakening. If you're enjoying this teaching series, please tell others about it. You sharing the wisdom journey with your family and friends is a great way to help more people discover this content. If we can assist you in any way, our number is 866-48-BIBLE. Our web address is wisdomonline.org and our email address is info at wisdomonline.org. Please join us next time to continue the wisdom journey.